This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This episode features Mikey Stevens. Mikey Stevens is a multi-hyphenated actor, comedian, writer, musician. You can catch him in Hollywood at Upright Citizens Brigade on the Herald team, Bitchin'. You can check out his new comedy group, Wellington Comedy. Show notes um, will list the links to those. And also, if you want to check out some music that he did back in his time in Seattle, check out Kingdom Crumbs. It was a Cloud Nice supergroup project, uh, a bunch of my friends' favorite albums. And Mikey is my brother. I love him. He's one of my best friends. I'm proud of him. Glad we got to sit down and talk when he was in town for Thanksgiving with his girlfriend. And my parents were in town. Hope your Thanksgiving went well. Hope your holiday season is off to a good start. If you find yourself stressing, just uh, take a minute, look around, and be thankful for what you have and where you are. We talk about gratitude. We talk about his different projects, and we talk about his life in L.A. So without further ado, this is my brother, my actual brother, I think both me and Mikey have a bunch of friends that we consider brothers and consider them brothers no less, but Mikey is my flesh and bone brother and also spiritual brother. So without further ado, this is Mikey Stevens. Let's have a conversation. All right. So brother, first time we're recording this, Mm -hmm. Michael Stevens. Yes. Here from Hollywood. Correct. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah, it feels good to be here. It feels good to be with you, my brother. Literally, my brother. Literally in the same place. Mm-hmm. When's the last time I was the last time I saw you in L.A. or have we seen each other since then? Yeah. Yes. So that's almost a year ago. Um, yeah, you came out. You yeah. Came out. Uh, yeah, a year ago. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the last time you were doing mess hall at UCB. Yes. Back then. Mm-hmm. With. The group was called Powerline. Powerline. Yes. And now uh, you've graduated. Correct. Um, you're on a Herald. Uh huh. And that group is called Bitchin. Bitchin. Yes. Whoa, whoa! Uh-huh. I didn't know we were gonna come in. You know. <laughs> you got the budget for that? You, do you, you know? You <laughs> censor, try to censor I'll try to clear it. You know, <laughs> with the the uppers. Uh huh. Um. And you have a sketch comedy group, two of your own. Yes, called uh, Wellington Comedy. We just make online sketch videos mostly um, among, yeah, other things. We, we'll, like, put some stuff on stage here and there, but, uh, yeah. And how long have you guys been going with that? Been writing with them for over two years now, so which is crazy because we've only just recently started putting stuff out. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really dope process. Um, yeah, it's really they're really easy to collaborate with, so it's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, how often are you? Do you do you have a set like agenda for how often you want to put things out? Or we do, and we had recorded a few and like edited um, a few um, backlogged, but we're kind of like we'll try to launch sort of one more. It, it feels weird to say largely large-scale production, but just in the sense that, like, um, really 
uh, at, to the best of our ability within our means, um, edit sound really well, you know, light and color correction and stuff like that. Um, one of those a month. And then um, we ch we're trying to just kind of like embrace, um, just like being more lenient and allowing ourselves to be creative more spontaneously. And if we want to film something on our phone, not being like, we've got to have sound and we got to have like, you know, high production value. And also uh, t like kind of found like, doesn't really matter for comedy. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you're doing like a short film or something, it's really important. If you're doing, you know what I mean? You can't just, I mean, you could, but it would be a choice if you shot the whole thing on your phone. But you know what I mean? Versus I do. Like, like for comedy, like it, it doesn't really care. If your idea is sharp enough, it's funny. You know, like it, like having high production value doesn't necessarily make it more funny. Whereas I think it can make something more immersive uh, for like a short film. I don't know. That's my very loose-handed, made-up take just now on well, that. <laughs> well, but it's funny because um, like talking to some New York filmmakers, there are more and more people who are filming on mm -hmm. iPhones yeah. um, who've done with like, like the logic is basically the iPhone's camera now it's is incredible. better than a camera 100, 10 years 100 ago. fucking percent. Yeah. And They're, at a certain point, your eye, like, Cameras are so good now that your eye can't even discern. Totally, I think uh, I think uh, for visual quality, no doubt. I think it really does come down to us for sound. Like, are we yeah. going to do sound right. separately or not? Um, which does really raise production level, mm -hmm. uh, the value of a, of something. Um, but we've been lenient. I think more so on that, where we're just like, I don't give a shit. Let's just shoot this thing, put it out, you know. Yeah. And stop. Uh, stressing it's yeah uh, especially i think um because the other thing is yeah i get for like short films especially or films where the intention is to screen it on a big screen at some point mm -hmm. which is still the tradition with like a lot of short films mm -hmm. but then with like you could also do a short film but do it with the intention of it screening on a on a web like a right. web series yeah yeah and then it's going to be screened on the phone anyway. I mm -hmm. think there's things you can mm -hmm. do. Like yeah. still, again, do it to the best of your ability is like sure. the thing. Sure, um, But yeah, so we try to, we kind of embracing that more, that people probably are going to be playing our stuff, you know, once on their phone. Hopefully once on their phone. That's all we're asking. Uh, so we try to keep them pretty tight. We try to keep them to like under two minutes, um, a minute if we can. Um, yeah, and just uh, keep keep shit rolling. Yeah, nice. Yeah, man. Um, so what else? What else is going on for you, man? I mean, that's I've been pretty immersed in that. Um, I mean, I'll go out for commercials here and there. Uh, I don't. It's such a that's such a weird game because I don't I don't know anyone who wants to be a commercial actor. You know what I mean? Like everyone's kind of like doing it because. It can, it could provide. So there's that too. But like, I don't know who's pursuing that. I a, want to, <laughs> man. I want to. Can't wait to sell these Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who's doing that? Um, uh, so yeah, that. Um, uh, I coach improv as well. Um, but yeah, man. Um, it's really just trying to trying to cultivate a. 
that's a weird thing, but like a comedic brand for myself um, and embrace like what is my style? Because I think like the really dope thing about improv is it's collaborative. Um, but I think some of the most important, probably the most important thing is to always return back to what your perspective is. What's my take? Um, so like you can have that, you know, in a Herald structure, you can have that initial take to start a scene, but as soon as you start it, it's collaborative immediately. So your take, um, a lot of times will get improved upon and, you know, bolstered because of this ensemble atmosphere. Um, but I think as a comedian, it's really important to return back to like, what do I think is funny? What's funny to me? Why is it funny? Um, so been trying to like cultivate that stuff. Sketch is more helpful, I think, for that. Because um, you literally just have to sit down and be like, why is this funny? What's funny about this? And um, kind of get your first draft out there. And that's like you trying to wrestle with that I idea. Um, but yeah, just trying to just trying to cultivate the whole the whole package, man. And are you playing music still? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I like mostly personally, like a little, little beat here and there. Um, for therapeutic purposes, mostly. Um, still, will always love music, um, and uh, would love to incorporate it into things. Would love to score something, or you know, um, I I don't know if I should talk about it because it's still such an amoeba of an idea. But I'm working on an uh, uh, improvised animated show. Uh, <laughs> that's like we've only we're still like editing the first episode uh, for audio so I still have to like draw everything but I plan to like score that as well and like make intro music and stuff for that which is like that's where um, it's been really fun to have that as a skill set because I'm like ooh, I get to like I have a project or you know what I mean I don't have to like and is that would that be a Wellington comedy thing or would that be that's something else some, separate, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's gonna be a separate thing uh hey I love you I love you welly boys but I gotta do my own thing sometimes uh yeah so that's uh something else I'm working out uh with a friend called uh, his name is Jeremy Schmidt shout out to Jeremy Schmidt um very funny dude very funny comedian in LA yeah we're putting that together um because it's a tough thing we the the majority of comics that we know are sketch or improvisers and so I'm, I was trying to provide a platform or create a um, kind of like a repeatable formula for our improviser friends to come in and um, and uh, and do what we do um, without it being super without basically writing it out without being like you know I've wrote this script for you just say these words um, keeping it loose, loose. Um, I think, uh, like curb was kind of a similar mm -hmm. writing structure anyway, where they were like, they wrote the scenarios and yeah. they were like, okay, we're going to do five scenes. We're going to do five takes of this or whatever, um, that style. Um, but yeah, so it's fun to have projects like that. Cause then I get to, uh, still like, uh, work the muscle of being musical and like, structuring music around something else without having to be like what is my what does my soul need to say you know like without having to like uh really like tap in and and uh and uh go super deep and whatever um I just allow myself more 
opportunities to be freely creative without being stressed out, I guess. Um, it's interesting talking to you, uh, and it's just interesting knowing you and growing up with you and seeing, you know, you in LA, me in New York, just seeing how things shake out. Mm -hmm. Cause yesterday I was talking with uh, my friend, shout out to Megan Jones, mm -hmm. co-artistic director of shelter theater company. Um, just about, you know, this, this weekend plans and stuff like that. And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, my brother got in this morning. And she's like, oh, what does your brother do? And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, he's an actor. He also does music. He also, you know, he's a comedian, sure, blah, sure. blah, blah. She's <laughs> like, oh, so, <laughs> yeah. And um, kind of similarly to what you were talking about with creating a platform for other people to come and approach comedy in a different way, it sounds like, mm -hmm. uh, is similar to kind of, I'm still kind of piecing things together. Like, I'm, the podcast was a, a, a similar reason it's like about building a platform like it's kind of part of a bigger idea yeah um and recently i was telling you a little bit about it um also we're getting our shit together we're yeah. both using planners it's apparently true. now it's true yeah um shout out to the bullet journal shout out to passion planner you know <laughs> shout out to organization yes. and you know um big time but uh one thing like i was telling you about this that teacher jen waldman she works with this guy, Simon Sinek, mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called uh, Start With Why. Mm -hmm. And basically, the concept about it is a lot of businesses and a lot of people approach life with the idea of like what they want mm. and how they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And they kind of start there. And his thing, he uses Apple as like an example and a number of things as an example. But basically, his argument is the biggest change that happens usually is when somebody's driven by a why mm. and that's where they start with. And so if you like define, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And so if you can define that, um, as best as possible, you can, um, it can kind of guide you and be something that you like refer back to. So I recently did, this will be my first time sharing it publicly on this mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. Be um, very careful. With what you're <laughs> well, no, this is, uh, but, it, but I think it's important. So the idea is to share it. So even sharing the idea of the cartoon, even though it's like still in the thing, mm -hmm. it's a good idea to share ideas. Sure. Um, a lot of people think you have to protect them and you know, you have to be protective sometimes with things, mm -hmm. but sharing ideas is usually always good. Um, and basically there's a why discovery. So somebody else in that community now does these why discoveries where you sit down with her and she helps kind of interview you. And then by words that you say, you come up with like a why statement. It's kind of like a mission statement, mm -hmm. but a personal one, mm -hmm. but you can incorporate it and apply it to like all of the projects you're doing. Sure. So mine is, and it sounds similar to what you're doing. So just, see if this resonates <laughs> yeah. um, just cause it's pretty, I think it's a cool thing, cool concept. Mm -hmm. um, so mine is to elevate others and myself so that together we can reach new heights and that's it. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And Love that. as we were doing it, it's like one idea was like to elevate others so that we can reach new heights. But to me, the thing I put back in myself also mm -hmm. Because I think it's not about like elevating myself like above people. It's like about 
rise if together. I want, yeah. Yes. If I want to see other people elevate, then I have to keep elevating myself Correct. and like 100%. reaching higher yes. and demanding more for myself yeah. and digging deeper, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. That, yes, that resonates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that resonates, man. Um, yeah. Um, I, I 100% feel that way. And I think, uh, um, I love, I love the theater. I love UCB. I love performing there. I do think it can be distracting sometimes um, when people uh, kind of lose sight that it is a resource and a helpful one and a place for you to, you know, like polish and sharpen your craft, but like not the end all be all. And we all have to kind of like, at least for me, I really value like your personal mission and like what are you what are you working on outside because like you know it's very nice when you know an opportunity comes your way or something through through being a part of that community is very nice but it should be to me in my in my vision of things like in addition to you already on your path um and you know and the even the initial creation of the theater itself was the product of that was the product of a why mission was like we don't this type of art form isn't what we want it to be. We need to go out and we need to make it. And that was like the, the OG UCB4 kind of like started it. You know, they started in Chicago and then they took it where they did because it was a, a gap, a, you know, something missing. Um, so yeah, I'm like constantly kind of looking for things that like can both, you know, provide a platform for myself and for others in, yeah. in my community to like showcase, like, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's tough. Like, uh, I, man, I've been out there five years. I've been working on improv the, all the entire time. Like I hit the ground running and I've been nonstop. I work on it so much and it's tough. Cause people are like, well, what do you, you know, what do you, how can I check you out? And it's like, well, you got to come to LA and you got to come, you know, you have to come, and it's such an, it's a type of art form that like, that's the best way to experience it is in the same room with it while it's happening. Um, it's really like a, a couple times they've tried to record it and a couple times. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out the next iteration and also like evolve with technology. You know what I mean? Like what is a way that we can carry the art form into the future? What's the next version, you know? So hopefully, hopefully, uh, one of these dang ideas pans out. We'll see. A know? friend of mine, um, he was on this podcast like probably a month ago now. Um, and he, he's part of that, like my home theater company. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, he came up with this idea cause we've been talking about it in theater. Also, it's like the commercial theater is the way that it is. Like Broadway is the way that it is because, a lot of the audience is this like older, more affluent audience mm -hmm. um, that's getting older and older. And so people are aware that they need to start building a new audience, but like the theater's expensive and blah, 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 mm -hmm. especially like on that level. Um, I have a brother has found recently a lot of uh, connects to get, the discounted tickets and sure. or the free tickets sure. and I take advantage of those. Sure. Um, but yeah, like how do you build a new audience and yeah. with technology and stuff like that? So he launched, he's launching a thing that's basically 
the BBC and like PBS, they used to do these things where they were like teleplays. So they were plays, but they were staged to be filmed. Mm-hmm. And then they were on like PBS, BBC, mm-hmm. I think BBC more, but like, you know. Yeah. Um, and so he's launching this, he just launched this theater company and did like a big Kickstarter for it and was successful at it. Um, so the basically it's, he's building kind of a streaming service where if you sign up for that subscription, then you get free or discounted live tickets so you can go see it, but you also get the plays where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, that kind of thing, you know, who knows how it, what, what that grows into, sure. what it looks like. I'm sure he's going to learn a lot like, yeah. with the first season of it, but we got to be taking these swings. We got to yeah. be swinging at this type of shit. Innovate. Um, Cause like, uh, yeah. And I don't know. I'm kind of like also in this position where I'm like, if not us, who, Const- yeah. you know what I mean? Constantly kind of feeling that way where I'll have these like long philosophical converse- conversations about the state of the theater and like, you know, the politics of it. And I'm like, I don't know why we're spending so much time talking on, about th- it. Yeah. On this, on kind of like the symptom, like mm-hmm. why are we talking about symptoms and not the sickness? And why, and why aren't we addressing the sickness ourselves? Why aren't we like providing the antidote for whatever ails us? And you know, uh, like why aren't, yeah. Why aren't we swinging at these lofty ideas? Cause I feel like, yeah, that's how the theater that we're now a part of started was like, it, you know, they were told like, it'll never work. Nobody, um, you know, like the, the short, the short version of it is they started at second city and second city uses, um, improv as, um, I don't want to say fodder, but like, uh, igniter kindling for, um, sketch. So they improvise scenes and they go, Oh, that's very funny. Now let's write that out and then let's perform the, actual version of it and i think second city now has improv um shows more but ucb kind of flip-flops it where they're like no that the herald should be performed you know it should appear as this play and it should be presented that way it's an art form in and of itself it doesn't need to be perfected like it's dope as it is um was such a radical you know thought process at the time and now they're like I don't know how, like, I don't, I'm not sure the, um, how it is here, but like, they're one of the, they're probably the dominant theater now in, you know what I mean? So it was like this kind of rebellious punk rock attitude that now has grown into like, they're the theater you want to be a part of. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'm trying to like challenge myself and be like, well, what's the next, what is the next version of that? You know? Cause like, um, yeah. Because I think uh, naturally that's the that's the process is like we outgrow these things that once were the standard and then we define what the new standard is going to be and then we'll get outgrown and that's the circle of life that's just how it goes you know but I don't I'm not like a not afraid of the tra- of the change you know I'm like I'm I embrace it I wanna I'm curious about what the what the next thing's gonna be it's gonna be us bro. And why, so here's a why question uh-huh. for you. Sure. Um, what, like, I guess, do you know, like, in your heart, kind of, why you do comedy? Like, why you do art in general? Like, do you have a, do you have, like, some reason for wanting to do that? Yeah. Um, I think for, personally, for 
any art ever its perspective. And mine, you know, it's like a, it's a thing that you wrestle with as an artist. Like, does anybody give a shit? Does anybody care what I have to say? And I think ultimately, like, yes. Uh, and this goes out to any artist out there who's wrestling with this. Uh, your perspective is valuable and needed. Um, and that's how, um, that ultimately is what it comes down to for me. Um, social change and social justice and all these things that are like hardwired into me. Um, so I could say like it's those reasons, but it's like that's a part of it. But like boiled down, it's because my perspective is valuable and unique and dope. And ultimately, that's the only reason I ever want to experience any art. It's like I want to see like if you're if you got chops and if you're dope and, and talented, that's like part of it. But then I want to see your take. Mm -hmm. I want to see like what's your version of it, you know, because like, yeah, kind of like like. In a way, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, if you pick up a guitar, somebody's played the guitar before you, but like how you play it, that's what makes you you. That's why it's dope. So ultimately, it's, um, you know, similar to what you're saying, like I ultimately wanna, like I really highly value collaboration um, as a part of my process. I, li I like to, to work alone as well, but I really, really love collaborating. So. Um, I would love to, you know, be able to provide a creative life for myself and for others and offer my perspective because um, it's valuable and it's needed. It's important. Uh, and that's these are things that I have to tell myself over and over. Anytime I get down on myself, like I have to realize, like, nah, like um, the way that I see the world and my take on things is valuable and needed. Um, so, yeah, man, perspective. That's what I'm here to. That's what I'm here to give. And then, um, how, when you get down, how do you get through that? Ooh, heavy question. Uh, <laughs> how do I get down? I think um, the macro answer is that I I I make my I make myself. I don't mean this in a negative way, but I make it small. I try to like zoom out. When I get down, I zoom out and I go bird's eye. I'm like, okay. You know, ultimately it's all peaks and valleys. You're in a dip. And if I zoom out, I can see that I'm just at the bottom of a hill and I'm about to be up there in a second. And at the top of the hill is another dip. And the more I like kind of massage that mentality into my constant, the, e the quicker those uh, uh, dips or the down, you know, I, I, I don't stay there as long, let's say, um, because I know that it's just part of it, macrocosmically, like I'm not, I'm not just gonna feel down forever. Um, but that's very difficult. Sometimes you're, you know, it's, Sometimes you're down and you can't, you, it's foggy or you know, you can't see the hill. Um, but ultimately like it's all sine waves to me. Like it's all a vibrational thing. Uh, it's all balance. So uh, I zoom out, that's what I try to do. And not, you know, I think the more you put your blinders on it can be harder where you just get absorbed in yourself and your thing and you know, but it's like, Nah, you're part of this big, huge 
thing. And this moment is a small moment in this whole life. So the more I can zoom out and see that whole thing, the easier those dips become. That was a tough question, though. I think that was a great answer. Yeah. Um, and the, tr- the, the other truth is, man, I just play video games and I'm sad <laughs> for, <laughs> for hella long. And then, and then I snap out of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I go through them. Yeah. Too, and we all do. And specifically, it's funny that you use the term the dip. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, heard of a guy named Seth Godin? Uh, he has a shout out to Seth Godin. Um, he has a dope podcast called Akimbo. It's like once a week, short little nuggets. Mm-hmm. That's like the one that I make sure to listen to. Like every week, I look forward to dope. that one because it's always got some insight. Hell yeah, about business, mm-hmm. but in kind of that the mindset of create value yeah. versus trying to take value mm. or trying to, um, but he, one of his first books was called the dip. Mm-hmm. And basically it is that on every thing that you set out to do, even when things are going good, sure. like to be aware of that, especially when things are going good, yes, a dip is inevitably going right. to come. Right. Um, and yeah they will come, I guess. Yeah. And so like, yeah, to know that with that foreknowledge that it's inevitable, no matter what you do, no matter how you prepare, hundred percent, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. Then when it does come, you can, yeah. Zoom out or just call it, just know what it is. Totally. I think that's, you know, that's like even like I'm attracted to that. Uh, yeah. And have, you know, uh, so many iterations of art and versions of myself and reinvention and trying this and trying that. And, you know, uh, that's always been the constant, but I'm like attracted to, um, like, uh, failure in a, in a, in a way that I know I'll grow from it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that very much is the spirit of improv, like improv you know the second you step off the back line and you start a scene it's failing like your scene's failing like it just is you know what i mean in your head you're like okay i have my initiation i have my premise okay i'm gonna go out there and the second you step out it's just problem solving and immediately and i think i'm attracted to that process uh like failure being built into the art form itself i think it can be harder um you know, especially for me, when when I was pursuing music really seriously, you have to release your shit. You have to put yourself out there and get familiar with criticism and being criticized to grow. But I was so much more precious with that versus improv where, A, you're on an ensemble. So you're part of this team who you go down, you go down together. But... Failure is built into like the mechanics of the community. Like the best improvisers still have terrible shows and talk about them. Like, yeah, I don't know. We, we fucked up yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you just know that there's another show. And that the spirit of that, you know, I think the more I do it, the more I've done improv, it's just more time between bad shows. That's what happens. When you start, you have a bad show after bad show and then a good show. And then you have... Two good shows, two bad. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have good show, good show, good show, good show, bad show. And then you have a bunch of good shows. You know what I mean? But it's like you still have them. You just kind of you get so adept at dealing with failure and dealing with the dips. You get so 
you don't fear it as much. And so when you're in those moments like, oh, this is not going well, you're not panicked. You're not like, what do I do? You're like, oh, I've been here before. I know what this is. I recognize this, this space. And I know how to like assess it to get the fuck up out of here also. It just so happens that you're on stage in front of an audience and they're seeing you work the math out in real time, which is why I fucking love it. But uh, um, I'm attracted to that process. I really like and value that because I know I'm growing both as a human and as a performer and as an artist. Like, uh, you know, yeah, failure, I don't even know it's the right word, but just the, yeah, I'm attracted well, I to, think, the, to the dip anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, and I mean, I do think failure, like the more I've been reading these, but like on the path of trying to grow, because like part of the thing for me with like getting more organized and stuff like that, it's like, hmm, things have been okay. I'm proud of some things that I've done, but I feel like they're in certain areas of my life. There's like been a level that I've reached and then not gone beyond. Mm. And it's like to do that, you have to change some things. One. And also like for me not acting and then trying to do that again, it's like, that was like one of the hardest decisions because walking away from that uh, was a lot easier than I thought. Yes. Um, But walking back was one of the harder things I've ever done because you're walking into failure. Yep. Like you're walking into constant rejection, constant failure, but like anything, um, like if you ask an at like any athlete knows any elite athlete, especially like, especially an elite athlete, right. Experiences more failure than most people. Sure. Um, like somebody was talking about that the other day, like, Anybody who's hit like X amount of home runs mm-hmm. has had way more strikeouts. Sure, just that's how you do it. Like, swinging, taking this fucking taking swings. those swings. Sure, um, and they're not. Most of them aren't winners. But yeah. like you keep, they're swinging. swinging for the home run every time. Though. Yeah, and when they strike out, they're still trying to get yeah. a home run. Yeah, um, I think it. Yeah, like we like as artists that you know metaphor can it's so it's mystical we don't have the exact home run formula we don't know what that you know but it's like we have to swing at we have to swing every time like we're trying to hit a home run it's just not as you know that's like a very gratifying and you know like instant process yeah having pitches thrown at you and being like ah, i missed that shit you know whereas yeah. for us it's like i don't know i tried to record this song and it didn't you know like it like it's it's so weird how we get those opportunities but they still come to us in the same way and we still have to swing for the fucking fences even if we strike out yeah you know um real quick uh where's the best place for people to like to follow you. Yes. And I know, yeah, fly out to LA. Please. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, please come out to the UCB Theater. Uh, go see the Herald team bitching. Uh, great, great team, great time. Um, those shows are $5. Like, you come out. Or, you know what? Find me, DM me uh, at Mikey Loves Mikey on Instagram and Twitter, and I'll get you a comp. Uh, I'll get you a ticket to come see uh, us do our thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm on the socials at Mikey Loves Mikey, and uh, also uh, uh, I'm on a sketch comedy team called Wellington, 
And uh, you can find us on, yeah, I don't know, Google Wellington Comedy, probably. <laughs> do know. you? And do you have a personal website? Um, I'm in the process of, of I do, but it's, uh, don't visit it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot mess. Uh, but yeah, eventually uh, MikeyStevens.com will be a much more legitimate place to access your boy. Nice. Yeah. Um, and while we're here for Thanksgiving, which, you know, is a holiday similar to the N word in that, you know, like the history behind it and how it's portrayed and the celebrating of it, like there's debates over, you know, how you celebrate it and stuff like that. But for me, it's like, I do, I, I stand by the idea of a day where you just focus on being thankful sure. and just doing it and approaching it like that. Yes. And one of the most powerful tools, it's been around forever. Um, whether you, like, if you don't have any prayer or meditation practice, um, the practice of being grateful and practicing gratitude is one of the other things I've found when I'm in a dip when I'm down, if I write out some things I'm grateful for, I'll immediately mm. feel better and approach the world differently. And the world will, like my perception of the world and the way the world feels changes by practicing gratitude. Yeah. Um, do you have like, grad? do you, what do you think about, do you have like gratitude practice? In nah, I'm not thankful for shit, my guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, bro, this is all me. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's incredibly important. Um, I think there's, I think there, we always have shit to be grateful for. Um, I think it can be, yeah, it's easy to get wrapped up and self-absorbed and that's a good way to keep that shit in check is, uh, understanding that, um, so much has contributed to you being here and like you know being a, a whole human being uh so you got to be grateful and yes the, aside from all of the bullshit um and whack shit attached to thanksgiving thanksgiving just giving thanks is, is super important uh thank you man Thank you, Thank brother. you for being a, a great brother. Thank you for being a great yeah, brother, man. man. I couldn't, yeah, ask, mutual. couldn't ask for a better brother. Um, very grateful to have you uh, in my life. I love you very much, man. You already know. You too, man. Love you. I don't know if you were ready for, for real feelings, <laughs> my guy, but you got them. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? right here right today um any you know like there's baby yoda Ooh, um, <laughs> that's a whole spoiler separate pod, that's spoiler. a whole separate podcast uh <laughs> that's pretty funny though i've seen some people post like things like spoiler alert with like a big ass picture <laughs> like after like the first or second episode i'm like up. i'm glad i didn't that wait so disrespectful like on that one i was like i I didn't know that was going to happen. I did, unfortunately. Oh, was, really? I mean, I'd already seen the the pics. Gotcha. And I was like, fuck. Uh, but 
Yeah. What are you going to do? You know? What are you going to do? Um, nah, man. This was great. Cool. Yeah, well, man. thank you for thank you for sitting down hey. and uh, talking. Yeah, my pleasure. This yeah. was awesome. Cool. We're done. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my conversation with Mikey Stevens. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Like I said, I hope that your holidays are treating you well. I hope your Thanksgiving was well. Hope you are practicing gratitude. Definitely uh, check out the show notes if you want to follow Mikey. And if you're in the L.A. area, check out UCB. DM Mikey Loves Mikey on Instagram. Get you some free tickets. Check out Wellington Comedy. And most importantly, do your thing. Be grateful for where you are on the journey to where you want to go and who you want to be. Thank you for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. I hope you continue to listen, and I will talk with you soon. Take care. Peace.